Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double. You're now tuned in to episode 201 of season three of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Much love and respect to everybody who listened to episode 200 last week. Uh, so we right back at it like we left something. Uh, let's see what's new with me. Whole bunch of nothing. Whole bunch of nothing. Just working and taking care of these babies. That's it. Weather's starting to break a little bit, so you know I can. Rock some shorts at work, you know, had the legs out and, you know, make it do what it do. Had these tree trunks out, you know, glistening and shining and tanning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty much it. That is it. That is it. Nothing too crazy, you know, nice and simple and boring. I like that, you know, no, nothing exciting going on, nothing tragic going on. Just, you know, nice and steady, you know, just making this money and paying these damn bills. That's what it is. So uh, let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer dams jam screen. Uh, so have you guys been seeing these things? I, I, I live on TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. I'm getting old. Grandpa getting old. But um, on TikTok, there's been these um, like these AI deep fake voice mods going around and uh, it's people posting from the metaverse and so with artificial intelligence people are like making fake jay-z songs fake kanye songs and they sound just like you know popular artists which is crazy there was some white boy who um made like some kind of song like like he was kanye west and the bars were trash but he sounded just like him like the voice inflections the tone the cadence like everything about it he sounded just like mr west and that is terrifying so my thing is like what's going to happen with these artists you know these new ones coming up is there going to be some kind of clause in their contract to protect them for from it or to exploit them from it so let me to exploit them of it or whatever so let me give you an example so a new artist you know they sign a you know def jam or capital records whatever sony records whatever and so they have a project that they have due but you know they don't really feel comfortable putting it out there it's half-assed it's not finished what if the record label gets another rapper some in-house rapper to go ahead and complete the album and they use ai to you know clone this person's voice and complete the album but that person wouldn't get you know sales from those you know that you know wouldn't get paid from those duplicated voice those those vocals those duped vocals you know what i'm saying so that's that's crazy and then 
how do you protect legacy artists you know uh, artists that have passed you know like a prince or a michael jackson like is the state gonna step in if people start making like bullshit ass like michael jackson singing like a weekend song or some shit like that or prince singing like a chris brown song so what does this look like like this ai shit is this is moving very fast it's moving very fast just like with that chat gpt shit like where you're just talking with the artificial intelligence like in like system and you can pretty much have it like type out a whole dissertation you can have it do your um your whole cover letter and your resume and then there was a uh, one story broke about this whole ai chat gpt thing where um they had the ai try to like um destroy humanity and the thing got so goddamn smart it was like researching like nuclear codes and then it was also like trying to recruit other like chat gpt ais to like recruit it to recruit you know more ai to get smarter and smarter to try to you know destroy us humans so somebody's gonna play around with this in a way that's gonna have us fucked up in the game you know what i'm saying i always I don't know if y'all listen to previous episodes I always talk about how cash is king right and uh they're trying to move us towards like a cashless society i know the fed is trying to step in uh and make their own kind of cash app type application you know and then the the founder of cash app that nigga got stabbed to death in san francisco on some weird shit i don't know what was going on with that but yeah the the founder of cash app yeah he, he got fucking stabbed but anyway what i'm saying is uh going back to this cash is king thing we're moving more and more to a digital society and i've talked about this in the past where normally i would keep at least like a hundred bucks on me like 60 to 100 bucks in cash on me like broken down not just like you know 520s or 320s but it would be actually be broken down you know i have some dollars in there some fives some tens some 20s just for tips and just different shit like that you know just to have cash handy on me you know just in case you know if i was with my nephews or something and they wanted to get something out of a vending machine or play like a claw game or something if we were like at the store or at a bar or something or a restaurant or something shit like that uh but i, I always kept cash on me but this past probably like i'm gonna say about four or five years i haven't been having cash on me like it's just you know using apple pay using paypal um you know using my debit card using my credit card like um there's a place you know i know y'all have them in different cities and shit like that but there's a place called crumble cookies and they have a new location out there on like 156th and maple and they don't really have a cashier like they just have like four ipads set up with like a card reader so you can either use your phone like apple pay or android pay or you can just use your debit card you just order straight from there and all the humans are in the back cooking you know making the cookies and shit like that like society is getting weird but what i'm saying is with this whole ai thing and people playing around with it you know who's to say a hacker couldn't you know build their own artificial intelligence to start you know taking over and dominating the, the online banking system that's why i say cash is king always keep some cash on you and i need to get get the fuck back to that you know and um you know it's just it's just very wild to see how these new school restaurants and um and how they're renovating these mcdonald's and shit like that to uh you know have less people 
so i was uh so normally on my route like if i forget my lunch or we haven't went grocery shopping yet you know like if i run out of lunch stuff you know i always take a sandwich some chips some fruit you know and a couple gatorades or some shit like that and uh <coughs> we haven't went to the store this was on what was this monday yeah it was on monday we didn't go to the we didn't do grocery shopping the past weekend because we were just so busy uh just doing different shit ripping and running and just forgot to do it so on monday when i was at work i ordered um my lunch from mcdonald's when i'm down there in florence delivering um down there in old town florence delivering i'll just order from that mcdonald's there but i forgot uh, like a week ago that i ordered nina a happy meal from the mcdonald's on 30th and ames and not north 30th down there in florence so i didn't change my location when i was ordering and so i'm down there delivering in old town uh florence or whatever and uh and i try to check in to pick up my order and the phone is like looks like you're not here at the location yet and i'm like man what the fuck and uh and so i i um so i'm like oh fuck i gotta drive all the way down to north 30th uh all the way down to ames i have to head south to ames to get there it ain't nowhere to park my big ass truck so i had to park my big ass truck if y'all most of my listeners from the old so they know where 30th and ames is so i had to park at the auto zone just south of uh mcdonald's and then you know run across the street and shit and grab my food but what fucked me up is uh i've been to the mcdonald's since it's been renovated but i haven't been inside like i just went through the drive through you know picking up food you know you know quick quick bite to eat picking up breakfast or picking up you know a happy meal for nina if i don't feel like cooking and uh shit like that so i've been there plenty of times but this is my first time going in there now if y'all from the O and y'all live down north uh y'all know that old black men just kick it at that mcdonald's in the morning them niggas be in there from like you know like 7 a.m to like 11 then they go on about their business you know it'd be like jitney drivers uh retired dudes just just a congregation of black men just getting refills on coffee talking shit trying to holler at you know younger women and stuff like that just in there shooting the breeze so they renovated this mcdonald's and what they did on the inside is they completely you can't see back in the kitchen there's one little door you know where the person goes back to get the food you know and at the um where the cashier's at is two ipads it's like two ipad type things where they can ring you out and the menu is real small like the menu ain't like those big tvs that you see it you know mcdonald's switched over to them big digital boards it's like it looked like one like 65 inch tv in there and then there's limited seating and then they have two kiosks where you can order and so i'm like what the fuck and it was white people in there sitting down eating it was like a white mother and her white son in there eating i'm like okay this is just fucking weird you know so i go in there to pick up my food a white man comes in follows me in there and starts ordering some food not saying that white folks don't eat at 30th names uh mcdonald's but it's it's a very rare sighting like if it was a white person there it's usually a student from north high or it's some white chick with a black dude you know what i'm saying and she got grease in her hair and she got finger waves and some shit you know what i'm saying she has a hairstyle from the late 90s and she has outdated clothes on and you know 
you know, well, you know the white girls, the wiggers. So, anyway, so it just threw me the fuck off. And so I go in there, check in, and the dude just comes from behind, like, from that little door. It was like that one little door. And he's like, oh, is this your order? 16 whatever, 1673? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's it. And then just, boom, that's it. Have a great day. And then he goes back in there, just disappears. And then what fucks me up even more is they don't have... Um, they don't have the fountain machine out there at all. Like every, all, like all the other McDonald's have been renovated. They have the fountain machine out there where you can get your refills. And so when the white dude behind me was uh, ordering and stuff, the dude, the McDonald's worker who came back out that little door, I asked him, I'm like, hey, how do you get your refills? Y'all ain't got the the uh, the fountain drinks out here no more. He's like, oh, oh, you just gotta ask. I'm like, this is fucked up. Like this whole thing. It's just designed for you to get in and get the fuck out. It ain't no meeting spot no more. You know, those North High kids can't hang out there. The older Skinner Magnet Center kids can't hang out there. Like if you at Bud's gym, uh, his gym is just a few, just a couple streets down away from it. So you get done working out, you're trying to work up some grub and shoot the shit. You pretty much going to have to, you know, just grab your food and eat outside or some shit like it's super limited seating and it's just a very minimalist design and it feels fucking cold like i was tweeting about it on twitter and the homie ike hit me up he's like Man, that shit is like a jail cell or something like it's like it's like a self it's like a uh a self-serving like jpay kiosk type thing you know what i'm saying it's just it's very cold and i'm just and i want to go back you know, after I dropped the girls off at they, uh, you know, their little uh, early learning childhood center, and you know, I want to see if the the old black dudes still being there kicking it tough. You know, because I'm just because it's so, and the seating is hard. You know, they don't have the old school chairs in there. You know, they had the little plush bottom with the wood back. You know what I'm saying? Or the uh, the seats, the plastic, you know, the long seats with the plastic seat. But it had the, the cloth, uh, like, pillow backrest or whatever. Like, everything in there is hard. It's cold. And it's uncomfortable. So, they just want you to eat your food, you know, for that little, you know, four to seven minutes. And then just get the fuck on out of there. Don't get a refill. Because, you know, if you're a real nigga... When you go to McDonald's, when you order your food, especially if it's a combo, they give you your cup, you go fill it up, you drink that while you're waiting on your food, <laughs> and then once you get your food, you hit the refill, then you drink that while you're uh, eating your food, and then you trash everything except for your cup, and you fill up that bitch before you leave. Like, that's three drinks, That's you're getting three cups in one. You know, every real nigga knows that. You fill it up first, drink that shit up while you're waiting on your, your food. You get your food, refill it back up, eat, drink, be merry, shoot the shit. Then, when you before you go, keep your cup, refill that bitch up. And, you know, you cruise home taking some little sips. And you might even, you know, if it's the high C fruit punch, not the fruit punch, but the orange drink, the lava burst. You just go ahead and throw that in the, in the, in the uh, fridge. And that's good for a couple days. Now, if it's the soda, uh, it's going to get a little syrupy and nasty after a while. But every real nigga know you got three drinks out of one drink. Like, that's what it is. So I don't know. But this whole AI thing, this shit is is moving real quick. It's moving so damn quick that it makes no fucking sense. And then, um, you know, speaking of just, you know, moving towards digital and shit like that, like the Walmart on was at 72nd and Pacific, 72nd and um, 
Pine Street is just south of Pacific. Like that whole the whole checkout thing is pretty much self checkout. Like it's just a bunch of self checkouts. And I think there's maybe like four cashier lanes, but nobody's never there. Like this shit is getting ridiculous. Like it's, it's getting weird, but all this shit, us relying on computers so much, I'm telling you, it's just going to take one cyber attack that's led by an AI general. And this shit is just, we're going to be right back to the dark ages and we're going to be bartering and trading bottles of water and fucking toiletries for other goods and services. But speaking of goods and services, uh, man, the, the pandemic is officially over. So uh, Jim Crow Joe just uh, signed into law, ending the um, ending the uh, the COVID nineteen national emergency. So they said back in what was it about September that they said the pandemic was over and shit like that. But now it's like official. So with the ending of this uh, terminating the national emergency, uh, it basically ends like the public health emergency. Um, that was enacted by uh the cheeto in chief way back in uh march of 2020 and uh it is going to end title uh 42 which was a pandemic era rule that has you know it blocked um illegal immigrants from crossing the southern border and uh it gave the reason of like public health reasons like them niggas got covid they can't the mexicans can't come over here like pretty much it was people south of the border so mexicans it was pretty much the mexicans got covid them niggas can't come over here so pretty much then they tried to crack down on that shit and so yeah this is going to uh stop like all this emergency funding um like uh for testing and a vaccination center so you remember when uh all throughout the u.s they had like them testing sites like on uh, college campuses and like at rec centers and shit like that when people was in hazmat suits and jamming them fucking plastic uh uh q-tips up in your nose and the the q-tips barely had any cotton on them oh i don't know how many covid tests i took in 2020 like jesus like before we went somewhere to like meet family and shit or like we tried to have like a little get together and oh my god like they it's like they were just fucking touching your brain like you in the car nose back head back and they got that shit like man they they fucking elbow deep in your nostrils man and that that was not cool and like you you tearing up and shit and you trying not to look like a punk and then you get your test results a couple days later and it's just like fuck man like every little thing every little cold you just like oh shit this might be covid this might be covid but i know at my job uh with the whole pandemic shit when it first kicked off oh them niggas was like hey if you got any kind of if you got any kind of cough itchy throat watery eyes runny nose anything you got two weeks off paid and what was even crazier, they was like, if you had been in contact with somebody that got COVID, you got two weeks off. So I remember our uh, sales team, them niggas, uh, one of the one person caught COVID and the whole sales team was just like, yeah, I was in contact with this person. And them niggas weren't even showing up in the office or nothing like that. Like, like this is when remote work was starting and them niggas like niggas was abusing that shit. And it wasn't just, you know, you had two weeks and that it that was it. It could have been okay i didn't came in contact with this person i'm off for two weeks i come back to work for you know a month 
oh shit, I got a scratchy throat and runny nose. This shit is really just the flu or just a common cold. But here's another two weeks off paid. Like niggas was getting, niggas was just getting away with robbery. And then uh, once the testing started rolling out more and more, uh, our company was like, nah, y'all niggas gotta show us a positive test. <laughs> like fuck all that contact tracing and shit. It was like, nah, cause niggas was abusing the fuck out of that. And this was like for like six months. It was like from when they announced it as a national emergency in like March, uh, was that about March 13th of 2020 up until uh, it was damn near the end of the summer. So it was probably about five months, five, six months, almost, almost into September when they was like, yo, <laughs> y'all niggas tripping. Cause like, it was like across the board from corporate all the way down to like the janitors, you know, people was abusing the fuck out of that. People was like going on like vacations and shit. Niggas just didn't feel like working. It was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take this two weeks off and then come back to work for like a week. Then it's like, yo, uh, my husband got it, or my my wife got it, or my girlfriend got it, or my kid got COVID, and they they didn't require to see see like a test or nothing until like it was like damn near September. So I'm telling you, niggas was getting away with murder, getting a, getting two full weeks paid. Like that shit was crazy. But as far as the pandemic goes, I remember when that shit first when they first hit. And I'll never forget uh, when the CDC and Fauci was talking about this when it first hit the U.S. and they were actually doing like contact tracing. I remember it was two women. Um, to, it was two women here that were like patient zeros and uh, they had them niggas on the news. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> they were like, yes, these women were at the uh, Target on 120th and L. And then they went to this place. Like when you had it, like when them first patient zeros, them niggas had, they, they wanted to know everywhere you visited and what times. And they were like, if you were at the Target on 120th and L at this time, between this time, between these times you need to go get tested and that shit was i was like damn like them women was just hopping all over through the city with covid yeah because if you had that, that and then they were like just putting people on blast and then the shit just started spreading and spreading and spreading and then they stopped doing that shit but they was oh uh, they they had that shit in the omaha world herald they had that shit in the new they had that in the newspaper uh they had that on the local news they had it up on twitter like these holes were here here and here so if you were here here and here between these times you need to go get tested like they was putting niggas on blast boy but i remember going to the store and uh they was telling us before they knew it was like droplets you know how you get like a cold and the flu and shit like that them niggas didn't know how it spreads so they was like just watch what you touching so and they told us not to be wearing masks and that and that was because low-key they wanted to uh have the healthcare workers have masks because they were running out and shit like that like survivalists and shit like that was just hoarding masks and i remember my dumb ass was up at the bakers on ames and I had on gloves and shit, and I didn't have on no mask. I had on, I had like the black mechanics gloves because I always, always use them to clean, and I use them to cook, and I use them to uh, like when I'm changing like the oil on my lawnmower or changing the oil in in my truck at the time that I had, and um, 
So I had a bunch of them gorilla gloves, like the black gloves. And so I'm just doing that. And uh, yeah, everybody just kind of like, but everybody was treating everybody like they had it though. When I went into the store, cause we had to, we needed some food or something. And I was like, nah, I just go. And my wife's pregnant at the time. This was like right before we had Nina. And uh, yeah, I just remember that like everybody was treating everyone like they fucking had it and people wouldn't like like if you seen one person in the aisle you would just go down the next aisle and if somebody saw you in the aisle they would go down the next one that shit was crazy and then niggas got wise and started seeing them N95 masks at Home Depot and they started clearing them niggas out and uh, I remember all the Home Depots and the Lowe's and shit they was they started putting signs up like hey we ain't got no more masks please stop asking and shit like that once they figured out it was passed through droplets and shit like that uh, but yeah that, that was a wild time and I and all my all my friends they didn't know if they was gonna have jobs because they have bullshit ass corporate jobs like selling and shit and uh you know just doing a little rinky dink bullshit <laughs> and here i am being a, a truck driver who's who's in food service quote unquote i'm like i'm like this this ain't like nutrient at all like this is pretty much like heart disease that i'm delivering and shit like that and high blood pressure but it is what it is and so and so they were at home they didn't know if they was gonna work but i remember working all through the fucking pandemic and uh and i remember we would be at work like man there's some bullshit and it got so bad that uh they started enacting those curfews and shit remember for them like two weeks or whatever but with us um we had to have uh like these work permits like we had a whole ass like legitimate printout that had our name our uh ids numbers on it our work ids numbers on it and the truck redrove and shit like that and it was like this is adrian such and such and he works for this company and he is permitted to be out and about and da 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 because he works in food service and transportation and blah 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 and i just remember working through that whole fucking pandemic and it was but it was cool though because my job was giving us like an extra what was it 250 bucks a week or some shit like that it was like an extra 250 or 300 a week and that man that money was nice i ain't even gonna lie because i already make good money but then you get that extra it was a hazard pay they was giving us and um man and then uh then you had that then you had uh the cheeto and chief uh start giving them niggas that extra six hundred dollars on the unemployment and niggas start quitting left and right boy like uh <laughs> everybody's like making these signs like oh the essential workers we love you shout out to the kroger cashiers and blah 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 and the walmart workers for you know blah 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 and all this other shit and uh and and niggas was actually treating cashiers with humanity and shit like that because they saw that that act that was those jobs actually fucking matter not you out here trying to sell fucking advertisements on uh on uh fucking social media sites and shit that that don't that's not real you know what i'm saying it's not feasible and so uh and so you had all these people making all these corny ass videos and shit like that and 
places were playing their employees an extra, you know, two to five dollars an hour for working. But people start getting hit was like, nigga, if I quit now and I get this extra six hundred, like them niggas was making this trucker money like us. Them niggas was clearing anywhere between like eleven hundred and like two racks. You know what I'm saying? With that extra six hundred, just depending on the kind of job they had. Like I knew it was some people that was uh, clearing like fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars a week. I'm like, nigga, that's what I'll be making. Like what the fuck like just sitting at home chilling like not doing a goddamn thing and then people started that's when you started seeing people uh start going to like these doing these online classes and these certificates going into tech right so then that's when you start getting these tech bros and these uh tech gals you know they they on social media now trying to sell you programs and shit like that but they were hustling during the pandemic and then once you know remote uh, job start becoming available you know across the globe pretty much them niggas start getting them entry level jobs and was getting paid and getting bank but now you're seeing all these tech layoffs now as the world starts getting back into you know regular motion and shit like that but the pandemic that shit was crazy though y'all remember when uh like everything was shut down like businesses were only doing like takeout and shit like that so you couldn't go out to no club no bars or nothing and uh niggas was getting dressed up to go to like walmart <laughs> and like kroger's and like bakers and shit like that he was like niggas be dressed to the nines like just to go to fucking walmart you like nigga <laughs> like chill bro <laughs> like man like that was that was some crazy times, but for this shit to be officially over, that's fucking crazy. And you know what trips me out though is um when uh I, I got my vasectomy back in uh was it December and then I had to go uh turn in like a semen sample um uh just just uh back in uh March, just last month I had to take that because you have to what is it uh i think it's three months after three four months after the procedure to make sure you're shooting blanks and shit like that and uh so in the middle of march uh pretty much the the healthcare system here uh unmc um they just said hey you ain't gotta wear a mask no more that shit trips me out trips me the fuck out I was like, because usually, you know, when you went to the hospital and shit like that, like, shit, we didn't have two babies during the pandemic. And um, so, you know, you have to go check in, do the whole, have you, do you have this, that, that, and the third? And then they have you, have you give you a mask, and then they have a sticker with a date on it to show that you went through the quarantine questions and shit like that. And, uh, yeah, now it's just like, you just out here free-facing it. Like, like you just raw dog in the air inside the hospital which is crazy because um you just got so used to being in a mask and you know just protecting other people from you and protecting yourself from people and so just just to be in the hospital now to like no mask just raw dogging it like it is it, it it's scary because you've been so conditioned to like hey we gotta protect the, the vulnerable and shit like that and we gotta protect our healthcare workers and now it's just like nigga you can be in here coughing and hacking y'all remember when you were scared to cough though because you thought you had that shit you was like oh man <clears throat> oh <laughs> you be trying to choke them coughs down you be like <clears throat> trying to hold that shit in especially if you was a quote-unquote essential worker working somewhere and they remember they had the cashiers behind the plexiglass and shit like at bakers and the other kroger stores they had them niggas in a plexiglass box man like 
that shit that was a crazy ass time man and then just thinking about how uh like when we first had uh nina she was born in the end of march of 2020 so this is the height like this is the beginning of the pandemic like this is the beginning beginning and it was getting to the point where we were getting these updates and i've told this story before like it was saying that oh like it was saying like a few days before uh before we were scheduled to go to the hospital it was like oh you can bring you know it could be the mom dad and like two people you know can visit then the next day it was like just the mom dad and one person and then like as it got closer and closer it was like just the mom and dad and then it was just saying just the mom i was just like oh shit but they let me come in and we were isolated this was so terrifying we were we had this just we were just isolated in like one room for man for like a week and I was just like, man, I want to go the fuck home. Like, I knew it was our first kid, and it was, you know, it was scary because it was the pandemic. But, man, I just remember just being having, like, cabin fever, and I had to sleep on that little uncomfortable-ass uh, uh, pull-out mattress and shit, that thin-ass, hard-ass mattress. And it was just like, man, we, we were really in that room for, like, a whole week. Like, that fucking sucked. Like, I was scared to go home, but, you know, like, driving home, like, with a, the, a newborn baby, like, this is my firstborn, but I was just like, fuck. Like, I was like, once, if we get, once we get home, it's cool, because we're in the confides of our home and shit like that. Then I remember going back to work full time, and nigga, I would come in through the basement and take off all my work clothes and i would shower downstairs in the basement just so i wouldn't bring covid to my breastfeeding wife and to my newborn baby that man that was a time boy that was a fucking time but then i'm thinking now like with the pandemic officially being over you know by the government officials and shit like that um what the fuck like our businesses companies corporations whatever are they going to start trying to bring people back into the office that's what i'm thinking or like are they going to try to do like hybrid work days and shit like that like you in the office three days and you work remote two days and shit like that because you you seen with this whole uh remote work thing you seen some people finesse the system and be working two jobs at the same damn time like cleaning cleaning the fuck up too and only getting caught because they posting the shit on social media like they're fucking dumbasses but uh yeah there's been people who who like have one job where they just you know doing just customer care via chat and then they got another job where they just uh, on the phones doing customer care. You know what I'm saying? Or some shit like that. Or, or maybe even doing payroll. But they're working two jobs at the same time and just getting fucking paid. But I'm just wondering will they start a hybrid thing like that. And you kind of saw with this whole remote work thing that a lot of people could get their fucking work done in like fucking two to four hours at the most. Like, they didn't even need to be in the fucking office for eight hours. And I have some friends who work from home, who, st who are still working from home, and them niggas do their job in, like, two, three hours, and then they just chilling on the clock. They just showing that they on the clock. You know what I'm saying? I got some homeboys where I can stop by their crib and we can get a game of 2K going. 
You, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, you done? Oh, yeah, I done already fired off these emails and all this other shit. It's smooth sailing. Like, okay, or I can, you know, go out to lunch with the homies and shit like that at, like, a fucking two, three-hour lunch. And it's just, like, they, they got a little app on their phone, like, just to show that they online and, you know, available to chat or talk with somebody. <laughs> so I'm just trying to see, like, you know, so, so you saw that and people's like productivity, like the quality of work, I'm going to say was a lot higher. You know, the quality of work was very high. And, um, you know, people just kind of, you know, felt like, OK, I can really get my shit done and, you know, I can, you know, kind of cut daycare costs and shit like that, because basically I'm at home and my kid is old enough to where they can just do their own remote learning remember the uh, school system started passing out you know uh cellular uh data provided uh tablets and shit like that so they had the kids working remotely and doing shit like that so you know i know a lot of the homegirls um you know they were able to have their kids at home with them and save money on daycare cost you know and just have them because their kids is old enough where they could you know just be self-sufficient and do their little lessons their little lesson plans on their tablets while you know mom dukes was just working on the computer and shit like that which is dope because then you saving you know a couple hundred bucks a fucking week from daycare and then but then you started seeing people kind of complaining about they felt like they didn't have a work life balance you know they always felt like they was at work and shit like that so i don't know it's just going to be interesting to see what happens um now that it's officially over so yeah yeah that's crazy the pandemic is over i didn't think this shit was it ever gonna stop i seen something where um a uh infections uh doctor was talking about uh, it wasn't an epidemiologist but he was saying that now uh about 200 people a day are dying from covid i'm just like damn that's still kind of tough though in the united states 200 people still dying from it but hey the pandemic's over and uh so the last thing we're gonna talk about before we uh slide on over to selling hope like dope did y'all see uh npr was kind of pissed off because they're going to uh no longer uh post like any content on twitter and they got like 52 different like official twitter um handles or whatever or feeds whatever you want to call them and uh so this is going to mark like the first official major news organization that's going to go uh silent on twitter and uh it's because um twitter was labeling them the network state affiliated media so that's like a term that they use for like fucking Russia and China, uh, you know, like propaganda outlets and shit like that. And so then um, they wanted to uh, re- revise it like NPR is like, yo, what the fuck you doing? And then they had Twitter revised it to call them a government funded media. And uh, <laughs> and then the NPR is like, yo, we get like less than a percent of our annual budget comes from like the feds. And so, uh, yeah. And then uh, NPR's uh, chief executive just made the call like, hey, man, we, we fucking done. And they were talking about how they actually get more engagement and views on Facebook. And I'm like, that, that makes sense, you know, because Twitter, Twitter is like the uh, high school like lunchroom you know what i'm saying like you got like different sects 
of uh, people here and there and you just don't want to be the main character on Twitter because then all the sex going to give you like different viewpoints of what you fucked up on or what you should have did and all that other shit but pretty much everybody keeps to themselves but it's still like that lunch table that high school lunch table i'm gonna say the first thing that comes to my mind like twitter is a very filthy place and i was just and my wife was talking about how um how some of her students you know they'd be kind of raunchy and just doing some shit that they shouldn't be doing and I'm like, yeah, it was just that social media, you know, and because uh, I'm like, you could just open Twitter like you got to be careful. You open Twitter, you know, you open that shit up. You be in line at fucking Starbucks, you know, just waiting on a drink and then you just chilling. You're like, let me hop on Twitter. And you didn't seen that your homeboy didn't like some chick, you know, that got her whole asshole open a picture of that with her toes showing her toes and her asshole in the same picture. You're like, how is this even possible? So you open it up and then you looking at your phone and you just like yo what the fuck and so the lady behind you she see your phone and next thing you know she hollering for security because you got a big old you know brown asshole right there you know booty hole brown <laughs> and you like yo i was just trying to scroll on twitter because you couldn't scroll quick enough right so you see the brown hole there and you're just like oh how did she get her toes in her asshole in the same picture but <laughs> so now you made all the white women uncomfortable at starbucks when your black ass shouldn't even been at starbucks but anyways uh npr is uh yeah so i i, I wonder if uh with elon musk being you know just trying to be the super villain against media i wonder if any other organizations are going to just be like eh i'm done fucking with twitter you know what i'm saying so it's just i don't know very interesting very interesting so we'll see what happens but i know one thing it's very confusing now on twitter when you see all these fucking people who done play, paid for a Twitter blue to get a verified check mark, and you're like, yo, what the fuck? And they'll be saying some crazy shit, and then it's like, and it used to say this person is uh, has subscribed to Twitter blue, but now it says this person has either subscribed to Twitter blue or is a verified legacy account. I'm like, nigga, what? I'm like, how is Glizzy Goblin 4548 a legacy account? But yeah, Twitter is just it's a cesspool. And uh, I mean, big ups to NPR to just be like, yo, we're, we're done fucking with, you know, Twitter. So I don't know if other uh, news organizations kind of take heed to that. It might be the end of it. But anyways, I'm gonna leave it to my nigga Hove. Hove, what you got to say? Don't be the next contestant on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, so uh, selling hope like dope. Uh, we have to give it to uh, racism, white supremacy, just for showing its fucking head in the most ugliest way in college women's basketball. I almost did a mini pod on this after uh, LSU beat uh, beat Iowa. And so uh, if y'all been sleeping up under a rock, uh, LSU, you know, uh, Louisiana State University, just a, an amazing, amazing team of young women, group of young women that just be balling. You have Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes, 
and they have a great player and uh caitlin clark and uh she just be balling and she'd be shit talking while she balling right so she did the whole um you know can't see me thing to opponents and shit and uh they they made it all the way to the the, the title game in the uh in their uh, NCAA women's tournament. And so they ran into LSU and LSU just was bodying them, right? And so the Bayou Barbie made the same hand gesture to you, Tony Ayo, you can't see me, uh, who uh, John Cena uses that same, you can't see me hand motion. And she did that to Caitlin Clark or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's just shit talking, you know, after they beat them. And uh, boy, you had people on the right and the left, white folks, just calling that black girl. Uh, uh, what did uh, Keith Oberman, uh, the bleeding heart liberal uh, reporter, news reporter, he, he tweeted out, what a fucking idiot. And then uh, uh, was that boy's name? Uh, Dave uh, Portnoy called her a classless piece of shit. And I'm just like, Jesus, like, really? Like. When black folks beat white folks in a sport or any kind of competition that's, you know, mano y mano, just no, with no, um, how do you say, with no advantages uh, and, and disadvantages for the black folks. If it was just head to head and we win, uh, we have to win uh, graciously. We got to uh, almost be uh, sad that we beat them. You know what I'm saying? We got to be so humble. We have to be like biblical, biblical humble, like biblically humble. You know what I'm saying? Like Jesus, like with the win, we just have to be like, oh, they played a great game. They actually should have won, you know, but we got lucky and, you know, God blessed us. But uh, there's some champions too. you know, some shit like that. Like you can't be shit talking. You can't be just out here doing your thing. You can't be over boisterous and what's funny is jason the coon whitlock came to the defense of uh the bayou barbie you know when dave portnoy said that he said she's a college athlete acting out joining baker mayfield which is a white quarterback and countless others this tweet is far more classless than her taunting let's hope you both grow up and then somebody tweeted when jason whitlock thinks you've disrespected a black woman man you might as well get your hooded robe pressed and dry cleaned and then uh with uh oberman uh saying that shit about uh angel reese that's who's the that's the bayou barbie um calling her a fucking idiot Shaq stepped in and was about to wanted to lay hands and feet on him and then keith overman i think he deleted the tweet and started backtracking and shit like that because you're talking about some college girls you know what i'm saying there's some shit talking it's the highest level of college women's basketball had everybody talking then you had the feminist chime in and then you had uh you know kind of the old school women chiming in and you know the uh the uh anti-feminist the uh chauvinistic men well women shouldn't behave like that you know they should just you know they should have a they 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 titties perked up in the kitchen making me something to eat you know it's some shit like that they shouldn't be acting like guys like it's like everybody's talking about women's basketball like that's the plus side of it and um you know and and i speaking of racism white supremacy you have to look at Dr. Jill Biden, uh, Jim Crow Joe's uh, uh, wife, this bitch talking about some uh, she wants uh, Jill Biden wants uh, she wanted Iowa 
to come to the White House along with LSU after watching the women's NCAA championship uh, from the stands. She said she wants Caitlin Clark in Iowa to join the victorious LSU at the White House. What in the fuck did the did the runners up, the losers, get invited to the White House? Like this is nothing but just racism, white supremacy. Like that's that's just it. Them black girls whooped on them white Iowan girls, them Iowegians, and then it's like, oh, but they played a good game. They should both come. They they both deserve to come here. Like, no. The champions need to be there. Like, if we're going to do this participation trophy shit, you need to do it with every fucking sport moving forward. It's like in the NBA Finals, whoever the last two teams, they both should be standing up there. Well, you, you, you guys didn't get it done, but you're at the White House. You know, that's it's just white supremacy just always moving the goalposts and coddling their own. You know, them, them, them big niggas, they took advantage of you. And but you're still, you know, you're still white. You're still great. But it's just crazy seeing people on the left, white folks on the left and white folks on the right. They them niggas form like Voltron was like, fuck them little black girls from LSU, them black bullies, them dirty little things. You know, that's like all you saw was people shitting on Angel Reese. And what was amazing about the uh, the Bayou Barbie is. She is the highest paid NIL college athlete. I think she made about 1.3 million. Like she's just cashing out. Then there's another girl on the team that be rapping and she got a crazy TikTok following uh, the LSU point guard. So, you know, she got huge NIL deals too. So, I mean, and Angel Reese was just talking about, she's like, I'm making more money than the WNBA. Like, why would I come? Why would I try to get drafted now? I'm going to come back for another year or whatever. And I'm just like, damn, that's some real shit, you know? And so we'll see what happens next year. But just to see them white folks form like Voltron, that's why you don't get wrapped up in uh, white folks on the left and white folks on the right. Because that ain't nothing but a family dispute. So you don't get caught up with them liberals. Don't get caught up with them right wingers. Because at the end of the day, it's just a family dispute. And when it hits the fan, them niggas going to form like Voltron on your non-white ass. This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L. As in, hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right, so moving on to holding this L, we have to give it to the Pentagon. Uh, them niggas had some documents leaked way back in January, and they just now finding out about it. Uh, <laughs> so, like, the FBI is trying to uh, basically figure out who leaked it and uh, why. So, it's, like I said, dating back to, like, January of this year, so about three months ago, four months ago. Excuse me. Uh, there was a bunch of leaked documents hitting the discord and now all of a sudden the uh the fbi and the uh the biden administration is like oh we need to figure out who the fuck leaked these documents and they're military documents from the pentagon and so uh basically it's it's what's in them is uh it's saying that there's Western special forces, you know, active in the Ukraine and helping the Ukrainians. And it's just like, yo, OK. Um, so it's saying like the U.S., the U.K. and France are uh, some of those Western countries with special forces in the Ukraine to help fight against Russia. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it doesn't say exactly what they're doing. And then it uh, had some intelligence about Serbia agreeing to arm uh, the Ukraine, too. Um, 
let's see here in Serbia, which refused to sanction Russia for its invasion of the Ukraine. Uh, they on the low, they agreed to supply arms to uh, the Ukraine. So that's something different. And then uh, one of the leaked documents, uh, and this was dated as recent as uh, February 17th. Uh, and this was obtained by the uh, Washington Post, and it showed that Egypt planned to supply Russia with rockets and munitions, and they wanted to keep it on the low to avoid problems with the West. So, yeah, so it's a lot of weird shit going on. And um, so it, then it reveals some U.S. espionage tactics um, that's going on in the in the Ukraine Ukrainian war, and uh, yeah, it's just a lot of shit. A lot of shit going on. So basically, the FBI is trying to figure out who leaked it. And what's funny is um, uh, during a press conference about the issue, uh, the feds was talking about, well, we don't monitor every single social media site and discords and shit like that to see what's what. That's some fucking bullshit. Because you know how many times there'd be some some popular YouTuber uh, uh, say some shit or uh, not. Even, they don't even have to be popular. Just somebody just talking shit online and all of a sudden they get a visit from the FBI at their front door. If you don't get the fuck out of here, there's probably a whole division dedicated to listening to podcasts listening to youtube combing social media and then uh infiltrating different social media groups and then uh what's even crazier now is all we're hearing about lately is there's been different people infiltrating black lives matter uh rallies from a few years ago um back when george floyd got killed and there's been a bunch of like undercover cops and agents who've been trying to like incite uh, violence and trying to get uh, activists and protesters co- to commit violent crimes and violent acts against law enforcement. And it, it, it never worked out. And I keep telling I keep telling y'all, you know, white folks think that justice looks like revenge and it don't for us. It just looks like equal treatment under the law. That's what it looks like for us. That's what it looks like for black folks. And white folks keep on thinking that justice is revenge. But yeah, as far as these leaked documents go, uh, expect more to come. Expect more to come. That's all I can say. Expect more to come. There's probably somebody sitting on all kind of shit, you know. And who knows? A Fed could have re- released this shit to kind of weed out and see who's who and see how fast it'll spread you know this could be some kind of ins- well it is an inside job but it could be a well-known inside job get your man you win perfect all right so moving on to not all heroes wear capes uh we have to give it to that brother uh jamie fox his daughter just uh tweeted out or posted on instagram Um, saying that uh, from the Fox family saying we wanted to share that my father Jamie Fox experienced a medical complication yesterday luckily due to quick action and great care he is already on his way to recovery and we know how beloved he is and appreciate your prayers the family asked for privacy during this time much love the Fox family so hopefully that brother's doing okay Um, you know he's they said he's doing all right he's on the road to recovery I'm hearing rumors that the uh, medical complication was a stroke. Could be. Who knows? But, um, man, that brother's a talented, uh, 
talented artists uh, all the all the way around from comedy to acting to singing and he uh, helped put a lot of people on so uh, let's just wish that brother a speedy recovery and just keep him in our prayers all right so moving on to the last portion of the show health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth so what we want to talk about is moving into this new season the weather's starting to break and uh you know it's new beginnings you know the fruit from your labors of uh you know grinding all winter starting to show up in the spring and uh we're gonna talk about uh keeping those blessings rolling in and not blocking your blessings aka self-sabotage you know what i'm saying so um what is self-sabotage what is it it could be anything as simple as you know procrastination anything that's hindering your productivity um you being scared of a new opportunity of stepping into a a new role so you do so say like you get you just get kind of thrown into a promotion right you've been praying and saying oh i want to get this new job i want to i need more money this job tripping blah 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 then all of a sudden somebody quits or somebody gets promoted your boss gets promoted then all of a sudden you get thrown into that they recommend you for the job so you're reluctant to do the interview for it you do it you kind of ace it and shit like that and then next thing you know boom you got you know you got a thirty thousand dollar raise let's just say that but you're scared of the new role you're scared of the new money so what do you do you either quit or you do very poorly at it or you always showing up late you know what i'm saying that's a form of self-sabotage um you know just blocking your blessings you know and i've seen people kind of crash and burn you know when they get great opportunities they 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 like that comfort of home even if that comfort of home is like struggling or and not making ends meet you know what i'm saying so um self-sabotaging happens you know when there's kind of a mismatch between our values and our behavior you know what i'm saying you keep on you know talking about you about to do this that and the third but the actions just don't line up you see what i'm saying you're blocking your blessings and how do you stop that you know how do you stop that you know one way to stop that is to kind of develop a self-awareness of it and i think most people who do self-sabotage they do have a, a, a somewhat of a self-awareness like damn damn you know i can't you know i can't just i just can't get right but then you have those people who don't have self-awareness and is always blaming it on somebody else well this person did that on the job well i couldn't get ahead here because this that and the third happened well it ain't my fault well you know how i am you know i don't take nothing from nobody and blah 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 and all this other bullshit and it's just like or them people you talk to that always have a problem and a new job um and every time they tell you the story about why they quit their old job, it's just like, damn, you're the problem. You know, every single time you're the common denominator like that's self-sabotage. Some people like the fucking struggle. They like the struggle because it's comfortable and that's all that they know. So once they start coming up out the struggle or they have an opportunity to get up out the struggle of life, you know, to have a nice, calm, easy, not easy, but easier life. You know, that scares them. 
You know, it's just like when you have people who've been in those toxic ass relationships and then they finally find a partner who's loving them for them and, you know, loving them correctly and, you know, not doing any dirtball dramatic shit and they can't take it. And they go then so they start self-sabotaging or just outright sabotaging the relationship, saying that, oh, you know, she's too nice and she does this and that. And you start nitpicking at what they do. And it's just because you haven't been loved correctly before, you know, so you start engaging in some self-sabotaging tactics, you know, going and dealing with some old hood rat or some dusty nigga and uh you know going cheating out on the person that loves you the most and you know then it just turns into you know you going back to what you know and then that excitement of you know just the arguing and shit you know it's just like you know that's comforting you know that's the comforts of home see what i'm saying so it's always being scared to grow but um you know you have to create a plan uh if it's in if you're if you're aware that you're self-sabotaging, you have to create a plan for yourself. And this is mostly for careers and getting shit done. Relationship-wise, you need to seek professional help. You need to be by yourself. You need to heal and uh, grow and uh, love yourself for you know love you for you. You know what I'm saying? But as far as like um, growing in life and professionally, you need to create a plan and just do it. You know, stick to that plan. You gotta write that shit out. And then, you know, uh, a lot of us grew up in the struggle. So we think that's the only way to make it. And then sometimes we'll get to a point where we're out of the struggle, but we'll self-sabotage ourselves to make our jobs harder or our lives harder because that's comfortable to us. You know what I'm saying? And that's just a no, no, no. If you find yourself doing that, you got to seek professional help. If you start getting into that point where, you know, you're making your journey a lot harder than it needs to be because that's comfortable. You're going to have to talk about that childhood trauma. You have to get that on up out. You got to communicate. That's one of the the, the, the best steps and the, the hardest steps is basically uh, getting out those insecurities um, telling people, you know, close to you what you're afraid of, you know, kind of like you feel like you jumping out of the pan into the fryer. Um, you just have to have a great support system. You really have to have a great support system. Uh, there's so many people that I know personally that, you know, kind of self-sabotage themselves in past events, you know, had a great job and, you know, was fucking it off by going late all the time and doing shit like that and just being comfortable in the uncomfortable you know as far as you know business would have been handled by them if they just would have went to work every day but they like that feeling of uncertainty uh thinking that they have some kind of financial backing to fall off on the fall on you know like family and friends when it hits the fan so you really ain't got to take shit seriously at all um you'll see some people you know, I've seen people who've who've got like great apartments and shit like that and then let them go because they just didn't feel like working, you know, or, uh, you know, tax time come around. You see this a lot. You know, they'll get a few thousand dollars and they'll quit their job right away. And it's just like, yo, like we see that a lot at my job with the warehouse team, like during tax season. Motherfuckers get that, you know, that two, three, four, five thousand dollars or, you know, even more if they got kids. And then it's like then they just quit. 
and it's just like okay and uh we have one lady that this woman will literally work a month in the warehouse and then won't show up to work for two three four months and then she'll be back and work for a month and then do the same thing over and over um but that's the job's fault for letting her be able to do that like she just leaves and come back leaves and come back like you know just no call no show and then they have a policy <laughs> excuse me of like 90 days if you like get fired or you just quit you know you can reapply in 90 days and here she is three months later you know and it's just they keep on hiring her back but that's that's just what you know some companies do but if you want better for yourself you know you really have to be disciplined you really have to be disciplined and there's nothing wrong with having a drama free life you know a lot of us grew up in chaos and you know uncertainty um there's nothing wrong with certainty and calm waters there's nothing wrong with that uh i tell my wife you know every every few few times a month that you know i'm thankful for the boringness and for the calmness in our life i am so thankful for it uh, i can sleep heavy and i can you know keep my eyes closed and just shit like that um because a lot of us including myself didn't didn't grow up like that you know what i'm saying you grew up in uncertainty but i am thankful for every day that is just a routine mundane you know I'm, i wake up you know i shit shower shave get the girls ready uh take them to school i go to work you know i hug the wife kiss her have a great day have a great day and uh, i drive on to work and you know i run my route and i try to make it home and you know in time to for the girls to put them down for bed and if i do that's a blessing if i don't it's still a blessing because i made it home safely uh i'm thankful for that you know um, i'm thankful for routine i'm thankful for you know just you know having a job where i can you know pay the bills and have you know put money in a 401k put you know much set money aside in the hsa just in case there's any kind of crazy medical expense comes our way and to uh be able to still at the end of the day enjoy my money and put something away for a rainy day like it's just simple shit like that that i'm thankful for because just growing up in you know uncertainty and chaos like you do i've used to be into like self-sabotaging behavior you know shit be going a little too smooth for me and then you know i would do some dumb shit either in relationships or in my own life to just kind of you know uh have some troubled waters you know what i'm saying and i just i had to break up out that shit and what helped me break up out that shit was actually counseling um you know before i got married to not bring those self-sabotaging tactics into this marriage into this bond you know so you just have you have to you know you have to want more for yourself and what really helped me and uh with my counselor or therapist whatever he was you know tell told me is um you know you do deserve nice things you deserve you know a great life you know you deserve this so you are worthy of it 
you know and uh, sometimes some of us have like survivor's remorse you know or survivor's guilt you know when we start making it and then you know you have family and friends that ain't doing as well as you you know what i'm saying so you feel like you got to go back down to that level just so you know you can relate and be good but you know you deserve a great life you really do so stop engaging in them self-sabotaging behaviors you know you have to stop that um you know you have the opportunity to get a promotion at your job take that shit go for it if there's an opportunity for to make more money at a different job uh go for that too you know you deserve to have a great life you really do you deserve it you deserve it a hundred and ten thousand percent you deserve to have that life that you envision in your head you know just you deserve it just give yourself a shot because you know what in life it's gonna be hard if you don't try and it's gonna be hard if you do try so you might as well fucking try all right so this has been episode 201 of do rags and boat shoes nothing but love and respect to y'all out there and i will definitely see y'all next week i love y'all peace